welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you two sober chicks. Thanks for hanging in there during COVID. I think we're quarantine day seven now, no matter where you are, actually in North America. Um, today, I am speaking with my beloved friend, Jennifer Parecki. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist operating out of Franklin, Tennessee. She does amazing work. I met her through the vehicle of Instagram because she is also a writer and a poet, and she's written two books. The one that introduced me to her was Reckoning with Dust. The second is Anthropose, and you can find her at jennifer.parecki on Instagram and wherever else she's going to tell you that you can find her. So, hi, love. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is a huge treat in the middle of all of this. I'm so excited to talk to you specifically because I love you. But uh, for in terms of this, <laughs> in terms of this little shot glass of recovery, I think you have a really beautiful, holistic approach to mental health. And especially in this time of isolation, I think you can really speak a word to people about how you would approach it or an encouraging word from your unique perspective. So whatever you can offer, we are immensely grateful. And I can't hear what you can't wait to hear what you have to say. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And I'll do my best. As you know, I love this process verbally. And so I'll try to be really succinct. Um, I came into 2020 with uh, a fairly strong conviction. I don't even, you know, I, I, I do my best to kind of avoid lingo as much as possible, but conviction is the best word to describe what I was feeling in terms of um, where my field is heading seems uh, divergent from where I felt prompted to head this year. What I mean by that is, I felt that, um, in a way, I was maybe uh, unknowingly or somewhat unconsciously participating <laughs> in encouraging people to self-heal, which I believe is possible, uh, except um, not apart from spiritual healing. And although I have always believed that my particular delivery of psychotherapy has always involved the spirit. I've always brought God into the mix with me. I felt um, inclined more directly to uh, speak that verbally in sessions with people. For those that don't know, I live in the, what I would call the buckle of the Bible Belt. And so uh, the language of faith and God and Jesus is very pervasive. And yet in my office, I see people really struggling to integrate um, ideas about mental health, emotional health, spirituality, their faith. And so I feel strongly a need to be a place where that can kind of be woven together. Mm. Um, and each person is unique in that respect. And so I guess that's where um, there, being a therapist is a little bit like being an artist um, or just being a coach of my client, who is the actual artist, and or just allowing God to come into the mix and knit together those realms of being in a way that is unique to the person I'm speaking with. So if all of that makes sense, I guess um, this is this pre-COVID crisis, if you will, up until now, 
I've been very inclined to say, okay, how can you, any given client on any given day, how can you really bring God into the mix? Mm. Because that is what we are needing now, in my yes, opinion. Yes, So that's kind of where I've been hour by hour, day by day, and it's been um, a lovely precursor to this time. Uh, my hope and I have to live this myself, is that we can go more deeply into that terrain. And I talk about it as being like beneath the neck, if you will, and that it's our our, um, spirit-soul connection, uh, in my view, is happening in the vessel of our person that is beneath the neck. And my hope is to Mm. encourage people then, therefore, to allow that part of their being to develop so that the brain serves as a processor for that domain. Uh, I guess this is the last piece I could say on this, and I don't mean to go off track with my opinions, but when we talk about medical health today, where I think it's potentially underserving people, is that um, we're getting so neuro-focused, so brain activity-focused, and the word psychotherapy in and of itself, if we take it back to its original, its Greek origins, it's soul healing mm. is what psychotherapy means. So um, my hope is that in the time that I talk to people, I can just encourage people with this some this fourth illness and whatever is surfacing, aside from the distractions of what's happening in real time, that's very upsetting, very disruptive. Is there a way to point people, encourage people to go more deeply within and inquire of one's soul? Okay, God, what are you meant to mean to me in this time? Mm. Um, I think soul inquiry is a big deal. I think that's another name for prayer. Uh, I think prayer is a conversation. Um, And so if people can be just uh, given permission and or encouragement to begin new conversations with God within themselves right now. That's what I hope people are doing. I love that soul inquiry as prayer. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, because I've had people in my life that are non-believers that don't know, and by non-believer, I mean having no God consciousness or no relationship with God. And I've had the question mm-hmm. before, well... <laughs> That's nice and fine for you because you know how to pray and you have a relationship. But what would you say to someone that's like, I don't know how to do that? Yeah, I guess this is where it always gets a little tricky. And I think our um, in these times, kind of the, the politically correct nature of how we approach these things makes them difficult um, for me to say something like this. Whether people believe it or not... I be, my my leaning, my given, my foundation is that people have a spiritual component to themselves, period. Mm-hmm. And that might be where the conversation ends, you know, but I trust that whether people are using the language of God and or spirit, that, and hopefully, I don't know, does that mean they don't believe they have a soul? Um, is there a way of... Um, just encouraging a fresh uh, look at that, a fresh take on that. Um, I 
think people um, are going to have to look within at some point during this time. So I get it that mm-hmm. we have to kind of couch it carefully to encourage people. Because here's the thing. I'm not interested in popularizing people to it. I think it's true about God. My sense is that each person has an imprint of the divine within them that's unique to them and Mm -hmm. that they are here to be and do what only they can be and do in this life. And so however it is that they are needing to uh, process in their own way um, things of the spirit, that's where maybe I would head next. Well, what is it? What is it like for you to talk about things in the spiritual realm? Do you believe there is a spiritual realm? And in terms of having a conversation about this, I'm typically allowing a client to guide me in that respect or a friend or a person. I don't want to, like, pounce on someone's beliefs. But I also I also want to encourage people to um, question uh, what we already believe up until now is probably being very much challenged by all of this. And mm-hmm. isn't that the point of this? On some level, aren't we meant to explore further? Mm-hmm. So um, that's a tricky one, but, uh, and I don't think any of this is formulaic, as you're saying, which is kind of where the relationship with, with your peer, your friend, your client still matters, right? We can't just throw um, a formula at this, and, and uh, I don't have an expectation that that usually works anyway. Well, you're on really good ground that way because in the 12-step fellowship, we have a God as we understand him, and we just surrender ourselves to whatever his will is for our lives. And uh, when I was in Franklin, I took Jennifer to a closed, it was an open, uh, it was like an open closed meeting. So here in Canada, an open meeting, anybody can come. You don't have to be in recovery. A closed meeting, however, you have to be in recovery. And I was shocked when I was in Franklin visiting Jennifer that you could bring someone that wasn't in recovery per se into a closed meeting like that is like the secret of secret societies and it was so cool because I got to bring her in and she got to experience what that's like and she was blown away and kept saying to me how this is what's missing from the world from the church organization from outside of the rooms of recovery because we talk openly about God and a spiritual experience and a higher power And so I think it's much easier for those of us in recovery to grasp the idea of a higher power because most of our program depends on it. Yeah, I was, first of all, that felt like, um, I felt like an honored guest in the truest uh, sense of that phrase. And um, it showed me so much. Uh, I felt like I was uh, really able to experience, first of all, the what that's about in a way that maybe uh, someone who's outside of that community can't. But then to, to experience um, how I really felt like it was a unifying text, I think is what I keep coming back to as I reflect on the meeting. Mm-hmm. And again, given where I am regionally, um, you know, because the Bible as a text, we could argue within Christianity, the Bible is the unifying text, except 
um, that I think it alienates people, it intimidates people for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. and they don't feel comfort going into it as the big book, in a way, makes it far more com- not comfortable in that you're at ease with your issues, because I think it's lovely in how it reflects our humanity back to ourselves. I think the Bible does the same thing. However, if the Bible is ensconced in some sort of um, specialized category, only certain people can interpret it for us, then I think we're missing the beauty of what it holds for us. And I often reflect on it as a human anthology and as a therapist, a Mm. client, a speaker, I'm always interested in tracing the human experience in those pages. And I do, I think that's something that we're missing in terms of using it as a resource today as I witnessed the big book being used in that meeting, which was so powerful. Yeah, I remember you saying, holy cow, if Christians could rally around the Bible as a unifying text, the way people in recovery rally around the big book, like, we would solve all the world's problems. Exactly. And with such humility, you know, Mm. versus, you know, assuming that we know, you know, allowing the meaning of Scripture to be living and active in a fresh way, you know, as we approach it, Uh, you know, I think... If we've been of the faith for a long time, we might imagine that we know what it has to say. And again, if I'm reflecting on that meeting where there were people in varying stages of their recovery, what was palpable was the humility, right? Mm -hmm. That the big book has something new to say each time it's reviewed and reflected upon. And for Mm -hmm. sure, I think scripture holds those same properties. Oh, so good. I'm smiling right now because it's so so true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me on my little wee uh, shot glass of recovery. Thanks for having me. What a joy. And I will call you in five minutes. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So thank you for tuning in. I hope that was a different perspective um, from both in terms of our recovery, religion and spirituality, and from someone that is very passionate about her work. Um, you can find her Jennifer.parecki at on Instagram, and I'm sure she has links to the other ways you can get in touch with her if you need to. I'm pretty sure you can email her off of that if you'd like to. And you can also read some of her really beautiful, delightful, insightful poetry. Thank you for joining me. The next podcast is going to be just me, Shock Glass of Recovery, and we are going to read the reading of The Language of Letting Go for today. Uh, March 22nd and every day for as long as we quarantine we're going to read from this book and sometimes I'll have guests and sometimes I won't so happy 24 if you want to email myself or Lisa you can email us at twosoberchicks at gmail.com you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter twosoberchicks and feel free to send us a direct message if you need support if you want to suggest a podcast topic and Lisa and I should be in the studio shortly to record new podcasts but until until June we will be uploading one every Friday so you can hear the both of us so happy 24 stay safe stay calm keep calm and moving on as they say and I'll talk to you soon